It's a matter of trusting yourself to execute, a matter of believing that you actually get to have the thing that you desire in the way you desire it. Because I think when we bring it back to the masculine and feminine, they're afraid they're going to fall back into old habits and abandon themselves in their work. Hey, babe, welcome to the Sales and Social Podcast. I'm so freaking excited that you are here with me today. Are you ready to simplify your sales and learn to sell in a way that feels good, but also brings you in more consistent cash? If you find yourself feeling like you're doing all the things on social media, but it's not converting, you feel like you have inconsistent cash months, but you desire more reoccurring revenue, and you just want to sell in a way that feels good without feeling salesy and also have a lot of fun on your journey to entrepreneurship, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jillian. I'm your sales queen and your soon-to-be podcast BFF. 22 years in the corporate sales space, losing my job during the pandemic, having no freaking idea what I was going to do, but knowing that I had a God-given talent for sales, I quickly shifted to the online space, where I have not only been able to grow my own personal business from zero to 500K in just 18 months with nothing more than a Zoom link, a paper planner, and a whiteboard, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of others scale their businesses and explode their sales. So grab your beverage of choice, a pen and a paper if you're anything like me, and let's dive into today's juicy episode. What's up, babes? Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited today because I have my friend, Melissa, who is going to talk about so many amazing topics. But before we dive in, I'm going to turn it over to her and let her do a quick intro of herself. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm Melissa Bachknight, and I am a business and feminine leadership coach. And I am super passionate about helping women liberate themselves from the stories that hold you back from being fully expressed in your life and creating a life that actually feels like it belongs to you versus everybody else's expectations of you. And uh, I have a 17 year sales career. I've sold to all in all different capacities. So I love talking about just finding your power in making bold requests to people, making invitations to people. So I'm excited for the conversation today. It's going to be so good. And you guys know that one thing that I love to do is I love to bring on experts who aren't just successful online, because while I do believe that you can be successful online, I believe that I love bringing people on who have been successful offline. So as you heard, Melissa has been successful online, of course, which we're going to dive into, but she's also been very successful offline in her corporate career, medical sales, pharmaceutical sales, and then obviously in her network marketing business. So we are going to dive all into that. And I love actually talking about feminine leadership and feminine femininity when it comes to sales. So let's dive right into that because I know, especially for you being probably in the corporate side, you dealt a lot with the masculine side of sales, just like me, 22 years of sales, right? The sales plans, the sales structures, the cold calling, all of that. Why is the feminine side of sales so important? The feminine side of sales to me is what makes it feel good when people are afraid of sales or there's a big resistance to feeling salesy. That's usually because they've been exposed to a more hyper-masculine model of sales where it's all, it's more about convincing, getting what you need. And it seems to be less about really listening and connecting and asking tons and tons of questions and finding a win-win solution. And sometimes even not offering your product if it's not a fit, right? So I think to me, integrating the feminine is a much more of a not to sound corny, but a way that feels good, a feel good way of 
of making an offer to somebody else that feels so good for them to say yes to you. Yeah, it's so true because even so many people ask me, they're like, you know, how do you convince people to work with you? I'm like, I don't. (laughs) They're like, how do you overcome objections? Like, what do you say? I'm like, I really don't. They're like, you know, how do you sell and like push it on people? But like, it still feels good. I'm like, I don't. Like there really is that balance of the masculine and the feminine. And I truly believe too, when you are selling in a way that is more in your feminine, you are attracting in a different person. Like I know when I'm in my feminine, like way of selling, I'm actually attracting in a more empowered buyer. Like they want to buy versus somebody who like I'm trying to convince or I'm trying to manipulate or I'm trying to get them to buy, then they're not actually all in. And then when they're not all in, they become a headache of a client. They become needy and they don't actually get the results that we even want them to get. So true. Yeah. Well, there's so much trust involved, right? There's trust in yourself that you've really laid it all out there in a way that like they get to make an educated decision. There's trust in them that they know what's best for them. There's trust in like the universe, like some sort of greater guidance that whatever is meant to happen happens. I think there's just so much trust built into that space when you're using your feminine in sales that you're less attached to the outcomes. Cause that's what it is when you're like pushy and forcey, you're like, I have to have this sale. It's like, such like a desperate energy, which feels gross for everyone involved. Right. Especially the person I mean, probably equally for everyone involved. It doesn't feel good for you as the salesperson. It certainly doesn't feel good for the recipient of this like needy energy. So the trust piece is is incredibly important for that. Now, I believe that there needs to be a balance of both. Now, there are people who pendulum swing it. I am 100% in my feminine all the time. And there's people that pendulum swing it like I'm 100% in my masculine. I sit pretty pretty half and half. Like I run a very successful business that is pretty masculine and then pretty feminine. Where do you kind of sit on this? Do you have a balance of both? Are you very much in your feminine at all times? Do you bring in any of the masculine? And again, I love hearing all aspects of it. So if you're like, no, I'm 99.9% in my feminine. I'd love to hear your take on that. I believe in a more balanced approach. I was trained and raised, which I think a majority of us are honestly in a much more masculine way. That's like just super achievement doing focused, strive, strive, strive until you want to just break down and crumble because you're so overwhelmed. And so over the last, I don't, you know, I've been doing personal development for the last eight years very actively. And I would say the feminine, like consciously bringing in the feminine has is something that I've done over the last three years. I was doing it. I just didn't have that language for it. Mm -hmm. And so I find that it's a constant rebalancing act, right? It's, it's not as simple as just be like, we'll just operate in the middle. It's like, well, your old habits die hard. And so I find that when I'm in a season where I'm like, I'll call it overly doing, or I'm feeling really graspy on my outcomes, that's a signal to me that I can surrender. I can let go. I can release some attachment. I can integrate more of my intuition. So I really operate on I'd say a combination, if we want to really simplify it, is like strategy and intuition and those two dancing with one another. When do you know you said so like three years ago, you said you kind of tapped into it. I always say like what were kind of like the symptoms 
that you kind of started to see that you were like, I need to start bringing in more of something else? Was there a burnout? Was some, did something happen? Did your business fall apart? Like what happened that you were like, okay, I need to start doing something different. I was actually enrolled in a program that I intentionally chose because it had a more feminine and had a more spiritual component to it. And most of the personal development that I had done up to that point was very mindset focused. Mm -hmm. And I'd started to bring in the body due to a personal injury that I had on my pelvic floor after giving birth to my son. And so I almost was, I feel like the feminine guided me to her as corny as that might sound, but Mm -hmm. I really, my body injury was, there was like a masculine approach that I was taking to trying to heal her. And it wasn't working. And so it wasn't until I brought in some more energy work. It wasn't until I started to heal some trauma that was stored in my core that mm-hmm. I could heal that. And so for me, it was less of a burnout thing at that time in my life. I've certainly been there before, but it was definitely, it was more of a body led experience where my body was demanding that I slow down, that I start to look at things a little bit differently, that I try some more on what you might call unconventional modalities. And mm-hmm. that has really led me down a path of full on feminine integration in my entire life. Okay. So it's not even just in your business. Like you've kind of embodied this in everything that you do. Yes. Yes. So what does that look like? Oh, well, I believe that, you know, what we do anything, but what's the saying that we so do? I always say like the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have, I'm a manifesting generator and I'm an Enneagram. Yeah. We can be very like into doing lots of things, which is super fun and energizing. And I find that it can lead me down a path that my body actually doesn't want to be on. So an example of this in my real life is I used to plan things almost every night of my life. Like Mm -hmm. Like you had to be doing, you had to be going, you had to be, yeah. Even if I didn't, even if I didn't have anything to do, I was like, well, I can't just not be doing anything. Yes. It's like an addiction to doing. Mm -hmm. And so what I actually have found is that I almost forced myself to take time for myself. Like it was very uncomfortable in the beginning for actually, when I say in the beginning, I mean, for like a year plus in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? When we made it these- is uncomfortable as a manifesting generator. I actually have a post-it in, I, I live alone. I'm like, I'm, I have a boyfriend, but I'm single. I have a post-it in my bedroom and it says, it's okay to have downtime because it's uncomfortable. Yes, mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable. And the more you tune in to how things actually feel for you, the more you start to notice that you're actually, you actually need it too. Like I was at an example yesterday, my neighbor had a, a big celebration party for their business. And they had about 300 people there in a live band. And I loved it. And, and a bunch of my friends were there. And I started to notice just like let my like actual desire to move to the back of the yard and get into a quieter space where the shade was. And so I chose to leave and I got home and I could feel my entire system, just like almost like an oh. exhale of my oh entire. My and I was like, Oh yeah, I did need to leave. That's right. That's how mm-hmm. it feels to feel calm in my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like this, It's like a constant listening of where do I find calmness and where am I just operating from old paradigms where I feel like I just have to be constantly on the go. Mm -hmm. Did that make a difference? Like, I know you said you're a mom. I obviously see you're wearing a wedding ring. Did that make a difference in like your relationship, the way that you parent in your marriage when you start to really tap into this like feminine side? Yeah. Well, I think that men, I'll speak personally, it works better for my relationship. Mm -hmm. 
when I'm not trying to drive a hundred percent of things yeah. in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So there's like a trust in him to handle more or asking for more support, asking for more help. Mm-hmm. These are ways like practical ways to integrate the feminine where you, I don't think that I'm the only one that can do things anymore. I actually trust him to handle things and I can ask for that. And as far as being a mom, I am more present and this, I'm not proclaiming to be like, I never am on my phone or, you know, I'm not, there's no such thing as a perfect mom, but I noticed that I can consciously choose to slow down and to just be with him and to let him be in his, he's five. And so it's just like this constant world of amazement and imagination. And, and instead of trying to hurry him through his life, because I don't want to slow down, I actually make a choice to be with him and observe his like magnificent brain and the way he sees the world. And I slow down with him. So he's actually a great support for this as are a lot of children, because they just, they don't care about time. No, I love what you said that about your husband, because I can remember having a conversation ever with my boyfriend now for a little over five years. And I'm very much in my masculine all the time. And I can remember having a conversation with my therapist at one time, who's very much into the masculine and the feminine. And I said, I just, I want him to be more masculine. And he, and he was like, he can't be masculine. If you're always in your masculine, like it's impossible for men to like be masculine. If the woman is always in the masculine, always the driver, always making the plans, always like the dominant one. So I love that you actually touched on that because that is probably so true. So if you're a female listening to this podcast right now, which is basically my entire audience, and you want to be more of, you want that dominant masculine man ask yourself, like, how much are you actually showing up in your feminine? Because I know a lot of us, especially as business women, entrepreneurs, we are always in that like hustle grind dominating thing. And it's probably turning off your man a little bit. Yeah. Well, as high high achiever, high achieving women, it is, you really have to make a choice to, to step back and allow other people to take care of you, to serve, to serve you, to, to receive these are things that that aren't necessarily they're natural to humans but we're so conditioned to not be that way that you really have to make a conscious choice to, to say well how do i want this relationship to be how do i want to show up here does it feel good for me to be the boss all the time or would i like to take a back seat and just and be able to receive sometimes okay well what works for me in my relationship because this is so i mean there are themes right there are practical themes that you can integrate but also it's this is really about honoring your own personal journey and not trying to fit yourself into a box because that's how we got into this, this whole situation in the first place. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Like a totally side note, but I'm like, I'm loving where the conversation is going. So I know just from like creeping on your Instagram and looking at what you do, you've supported over 500 women. So what do you support women in? Like, what is your zone of genius and what it is that you do? You know, if I were to simplify it into two yeah. words, I'm a vision holder. So I, and this is part of just how I exist. So I believe that we can only coach and meet people where they are if we've been willing to meet ourselves there and practice it in our lives. So I'm always holding my own vision for where I'm headed, right? So Mm -hmm. where do I want to be? Is what I'm doing currently in my life or the actions I'm taking or the thoughts I'm thinking or the habits that I'm performing in alignment with who I'm committed to be in this world in my entire life? So I look at a woman, I primarily coach women and I look at women as whole beings, right? Like I do a lot of business coaching, but 
there's like a 0% chance that you're going to succeed in your business if you're not addressing the rest of your life. Yeah. Like you can't just come to me and we're going to work on your content if yeah. like the rest of your life's falling apart. Right. It's like, and so you can have a wonderful strategy, but if you're not looking at like, oh, well, how is trauma infecting my life? Like, am I listening to my body? Do I have any sort of relationship with my intuition? Again, like what's happening anywhere is happening everywhere. So I like to just first and foremost, zoom out and guide women to, to discover for themselves, what do I want? What do I want for myself? Okay, great. What doesn't fit? How am I behaving? What's happening in my whole life that doesn't fit that? And how do I start changing things? But I look at things as, you know, sometimes we look at our lives and we think it's all about big, like overhauling our lives in big ways, which I think ultimately does happen, but we have to just, it's all bite-sized steps, right? It's like, okay, well, this morning I woke up at five in the morning. I did my like skincare. I took care of my face. I scraped my tongue. I brushed my teeth. I sat down and listened to a guided meditation and moved my body. And, and then I journaled a little bit and then I took care of life. Right. And that's like small ways. So I look at really micro shifts in your life that align you to your bigger vision, which we always need support in holding that because life's going to try to suck us back in. (laughs) I love what you said that you hold, you help women hold the vision. Do you think that most women before they even come to work with you, they're on this path, let's say for their business, but they don't even have a vision. I would say actually quite the opposite. I think that people know what they want and they have a story that they're confused or they're not clear, or there's a trust issue going on that they have, because I'm like, I don't think you're confused. 100% of the women I've worked with, when I actually like give them the chance to speak into what they want. They all know, mm-hmm. they all know. So I'm like, okay, well you do know. So let's start mm-hmm. there. Like, And it's a matter of trusting yourself to execute a matter of believing that you actually get to have the thing that you desire in the way you desire it. Because I think when we bring it back to the masculine and feminine, they're afraid they're going to fall back into old habits and abandon themselves in their work. They're afraid that they're going to overwork themselves. They're afraid that they're going to end up back in the same situation that didn't feel good in the last place, which you will, if you don't shift your insides. And so it's really comes down to more of a, like a actually validating that they do know what they want. So clarity and trust. And then I would either call it like self-worth or belief that they get to have that thing. Who is your ideal client? Like who does tend to work with you? You know, it's interesting because I used to think, I just want to touch on like niching down for Oh second. yeah. I don't believe in niching down at all. I'm like, okay, good. Uh, I know F niching down. Oh my God. I kept wanting to pinhole myself and being like, or pigeonhole. I like, mm-hmm. I need to work with a 40 something year old mom who they live in the Midwest home. and all the things. Yeah. And yeah. then you're like, no, I actually don't need to do any of that. I think like if I were to niche down, it's, I work with women who have a desire to have full soul alignment and they wouldn't use those words, but they know that they're made for more. They've achieved a lot in their life and they know that they want to shift how they're living their lives and bring in more purpose and meaning into the body of work that they do. Mm-hmm. I love that because one of the questions I actually, you guys can't see it because you guys are just listening to this, but one of the questions that I wrote down for you was what does creating a soul led business mean? I mean, it's actually just getting to know yourself mm-hmm. first. It's the simplest, most complicated thing you'll ever do, but, but it's taking the time to, to ask. And I think it happens in your, I mean, it can really happen in any age. I've coached, you know, 24 year olds to 65 year old women. Yeah. So there's not an age where this is 
the only time that it happens, but I find that it happens when you're about like 15 to 20 years into your career, maybe 10 okay. to 20 years into your career where you've been going along, checking the boxes and you're like, Ugh, I don't know about this. Like I, I, this can't be it. So when I say soul aligned, it's really getting to know who you are through a lot of different ways and starting to make decisions based on what actually works for you and what your core desires are and less about who you've been conditioned to be. I love and, that. I, yeah. I was going to say, and then your business is, is actually an extension of who you are being. And I think so often, especially the way we greet each other, like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. What do you do? Like, I cannot handle that question. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? I want to know who you are. Like, what is, what's inside of you? Right. But it's instead of being a doing led, like my work defines who I am. It's like, I get to define who I am first. And then what I create in the world is an extension of who I actually am. Mm-hmm. So because these women, mostly that you work with are like these soul led women, do you find that it's okay that these women change what they do and they pivot? Because I feel that so many women do change what they do because we change as women, our ideas change, our beliefs change, what lights us up changes. So let's say we are creating a soul led business, but we want to change. Is that okay? Please do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew the answer for that, but yeah, I, I, I going. Well, it's the embracing the pivot. And we think, especially if you identify as somebody who likes to have control, mm-hmm. we like have this illusion that somehow life doesn't change constantly and that we can somehow control it all the time. And so I'm going to answer your question in two ways. One, Please. yes, I find that people want to pivot because they realize they either want to pivot how they're showing up in their existing role or they're pivoting completely and starting a new business. Mm -hmm. It's either one of the two. And then we also get them to just embrace constantly pivoting because there is this idea that, oh, I can't start unless I know how to do this, which is bonkers because there's no way to know how to do anything unless you actually start to do it. Mm -hmm. And so it's this constant readjustment, which is soul alignment, right? If you're constantly adjusting versus saying, well, this is how I thought it had to go. There's only one possible outcome. I didn't meet that possible outcome. Therefore I failed. Therefore I should quit. Therefore this was never a good idea in the first place. It's really teaching them how to embrace this pivot of self and in business in a way that's just constantly embracing that. Mm -hmm. Do you find that people pivot way too quickly and way too often because they don't give things enough time to see it through. I see that on my side because obviously I'm all strategy based. So I see people who are like, I'm going to be a mindset coach. And then three weeks later, they're like, I'm going to be an ADHD coach. And then I'm going to be something else. And I'm like, why are you pivoting so quick? And they're like, well, it's not working. Well, it's not working because you've been doing it for 17 seconds. That's why it's not working. So I like, that's, that's why it's not working. So I see people pivoting from a, a much different angle. I see them pivoting because they want quick results. And if it doesn't happen quickly, they just pivot much quicker. So I see it from like, well, I threw spaghetti against the wall and it didn't stick. So I'm going to pivot very quickly. I see your people probably pivoting because they've had a change in their life or they don't feel so aligned anymore. So kind of like talk through that a little bit. I think it's similar, honestly, that we think results are supposed to come overnight and you see- Oh, and they don't? Come on. No, it's, I mean, and I think it's really powerful to talk about that. And I try to talk about, and I'm trying to talk about it more because it's 
a wild ride to be an entrepreneur. How long have you been an entrepreneur online? Um, Full time for three years. Mm-hmm. What has been your biggest, like, oh my gosh moment? Like, what has been some of your biggest moments? Because I do think this is the stuff that people don't talk about. I personally thought it would happen faster. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, and it, and it comes and goes. It's like a roller coaster. It's a total roller coaster. As we're sitting here right now, I mean, I'll pull the curtains back. We're sitting here right now. My CFO is texting me. She's like, hey, you got to pay your quarterly taxes. I'm like, I don't want to pay my quarterly taxes. I made hardly any money last month. And it's like, people don't see that side of it. They yeah. literally don't see that side. They just see like the highlight reel. They see like, oh, she had a $100,000 month or $50,000 a month, or she sold out a program. They don't always see like the scary stuff. Like, oh, I didn't really make any money last month. I don't want to pay my quarterly taxes today. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. There's more moments than I can count on like a hundred hands and feet. Honestly, I think the biggest thing is embracing transition of your business and not being too attached to how you think it has to go. Although it's been moving in a similar direction, right? The vision is still getting actualized, but how I'm getting there is really quite shocking to me, honestly. Yeah. But I think it always is, right? How we get to where we're going is never how we think we're going to get there. And I mean, Friday morning, for example, I have a coach that supports my program who really like helps with nervous system healing and Mm -hmm. processing emotion and, and really being in your body versus your mind. And I just had something happen that was a tipping point for me of accumulation of transitions. You know, I switched marketing firms. I moved on from a full-time VA that I had. I hired a new marketing firm. I like have shifted my entire program and basically rebuilt it to be more sustainable for the future. And things have not gone exactly how I thought they would. And there was just so much transition. And I got an email and it set me over the edge. And I spent an hour with her on the phone, literally just sobbing Mm -hmm. like uncontrollably on purpose and not needing to have words for it and just moving the energy through my body. And I've honestly slept better the last three nights than I had in months, Mm -hmm. but it was like this buildup of emotion and transition. And I don't think we, we don't talk about supporting our nervous systems Mm -mm. at all. And it's like the number one thing you can do. Absolutely. And I, even I have, I've had the same mentor for 18 of the 22 months that I've been online and people don't understand like the importance of having that person. Like, I don't need a coach to help me with my content. I don't need a coach to sit here and tell me like, Hey, post four times a week, seven times a day. I need someone to literally do exactly what you just said. Like hold space for me, like hold me, be there for me to work through emotions and scarcity and fear. And let me just be, and literally just have me when I do have those breakdowns, that is the importance of having a mentor or someone in your corner. Yeah. I think there's an illusion that being an entrepreneur is somehow easier than corporate. No, you heard it here first friends. It's not, it's not true. And that somehow you should be able to do it alone. And I think I agree with you completely is that having support as much as humanly possible, always asking for help, always having a mentor. In fact, have multiple mentors, have a therapist and a coach and a mastermind get around like as much as you possibly can get into community around your dreams because you will for sure quit if you don't, because it's a hundred percent. Oh yeah. It's like, I'm, I always have a one-on-one mentor. I'm always in a mastermind. I'm always in some sort of like group program. Even if I don't need to necessarily learn it, it's like, I just want people I just want people around me so that I know I have that like soundboard if I absolutely need something. Yeah. And even like right now, it's like, you know, I don't always need a 
mastermind because I don't need to learn, but it's like, I need the people when I am having like a bad day or a bad month, or I got to pay my taxes today. And I'm like having a meltdown. It's like, I want to make sure that I have the people that support me, but not just always like the how of how to do things. It's like the people and the support. Yes. This was such a good conversation. So two things, one, how can people find you and what do you have going on right now? So my business is called the ripple connection. So Mm -hmm. that is my website. That is my Instagram handle. And I am enrolling in my group mastermind, which is called the bridge. I love the name of it. I was creeping it before we get on this call today. Thank you. Yeah. And it's where we work with the, you know, the first, it's not, it's not a linear process because (laughs) finding yourself is nonlinear, but we really work on grounding into yourself and identifying who you really are. And then from there going outward in the world and creating whatever it is that you desire to create. So I love it. That's what I'm enrolling into. And we will definitely put all of your information in the show notes. And then this is the last question that I ask everybody on the podcast, because obviously it's a sales podcast. What makes you buy from somebody online? Authenticity. Yeah. Great answer. So I always say, as people give these answers and you're listening to this podcast right now, ask yourself, do a gut check. Are you showing up authentically? Are you truly showing up who you are in this space? And you know, ask yourself, am I truly connecting to people on an authentic level? Am I putting out content that feels authentic? Are you being unapologetically you? Because as you just heard right here from Melissa, that is what makes her buy from someone online. And that's what makes a lot of people buy from people online. At the end of the day, you are all here to run a business and you want people to buy from you. So start showing up more unapologetically, authentically yourself online. So Melissa, thank you for being here. I love where this conversation went. We went from masculine to feminine energy. We went from crying where I need a support coach and paying taxes and all the things. So it was so great to have you here today. I know my audience will definitely be sliding into your DMs and connecting with you for sure. So thank you for sharing your morning with me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sales and Social Podcast. If today's episode has you fired up and you loved it, could you do me a huge favor and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or take a screenshot and share it on social media and don't forget to tag your business bestie. And while you're there, connect with me on the gram at the Jillian Murphy. I'm on a mission to change the mindset of sales. I want people to love sales because the reality is sales is the foundation of everything you do. It's how your business generates revenue consistently. So show up and be unapologetic about selling because once you fall in love with selling, babe, sky's the limit. So I'll catch you on the next episode, but until then, feel free to slide into my DMs because I cannot wait to get to know you better.